Hi, and welcome to a special episode of the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. I'm David Averbach, CEO and Publisher at iPhone Life. And I'm Sarah Kingsbury, Senior Web Editor at iPhone Life. Today, we're going to be talking about Apple's services announcement that just happened a couple of hours ago. Uh, We'll talk about Apple's new TV Plus subscription service and Apple's News Plus subscription service and what you should make of it if it's uh, something that we think is worth purchasing. And we'll get into all the details of the other services announced today too because there was a lot that Apple unveiled. A lot, a surprising amount really. Yeah, um, so we'll be getting into all of that in a moment. We actually do not have a sponsor this episode, so I wanted to take a minute before we jump into the rest of the episode to talk about our own premium subscription service. (laughs) Some of you already are going to be aware of it. We have a free daily tips newsletter, so some of you may already be on this newsletter, which with that, we send you one tip each day that teaches you something cool you can do with your phone. And if you upgrade to our premium service, this is our full educational service that really will help you get the most out of your devices. Uh, We know many, like so many people have iPhones and iPads, but they have capabilities they're not taking advantage of. And a lot of times it's just easy to hit a wall and not know what to do. So that's where iPhone Life Insider comes in. Uh, We have video guides included in that that will teach you how, from start to finish, how to use your iPad, how to use iOS 13, for instance, this fall, we'll have a guide that will teach you how to use the new operating system, so you'll be among the first to know. Uh, You get a digital subscription to our magazine. iPhone Life magazine has been around for 10 years. You get a full archive of our issues, and you're the first to get our new issues. Um, You also get video versions of our daily video tips, so you get of our daily tips. So you can learn to do something with your phone in one minute a day just by walking along or following along on your device as you watch the video. And also a feature called Ask an Editor. So if you're having any tech problems, you just email us and we'll help you find solutions. So uh, it's a really amazing service. Lastly, you get exclusive content from this podcast. So today we're gonna have an exclusive section of our podcast where we talk about Apple's new devices they just released. We talked about the iPads last week. This week, we'll talk about AirPods. Apple has finally come out with a new set of AirPods with uh, upgraded features. So we'll break down for you what what these new AirPods have to offer and whether they're worth the extra money. Uh, So stay tuned for that. So iPhone Life Insider is really awesome. It's how we, how you also support what we're doing here. So if you're uh, subscribed to any of our free services and you want to support iPhone Life, we appreciate you subscribing as well. For podcast listeners, we have a special deal. Go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount and you'll get $5 off your annual subscription. So we recommend you check it out, iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. We have a couple of people who recently signed up with this discount. Paul H., Jonathan S., and Michael H., thank you for joining us. <laughs> thank you all for the <laughs> recent Insider subscribers, to all of our Insider subscribers. Thank you all for tuning in, and uh, we appreciate the support for our future Insider subscribers. I feel like we're very on brand with a premium subscription service of our own I today. know, I know. It's true. <laughs> yes. Um, so let's jump into the announcement. Mm-hmm. All righty. So I... Uh, I guess let's just go in the order that Apple announced their services. Uh, first, Apple talked about news. So Apple News Plus is their uh, premium service. It's $9.99 a month, 
It includes 300, more than 300 magazines, or, mm-hmm. uh, and it includes a subscription to the Los Angeles Times as well as the Wall Street Journal. Um, so those are the basics of what Apple News Plus offers. Um, am I missing anything, you guys? You know, I think certainly when you say a subscription to the to those two, a couple caveats there. First of all, in general, how it works is you can read any article from any of the magazines or those two newspapers discussed. So that's kind of the main thing. It's like the, you know, the quote unquote Netflix of magazines uh for those of you who remember this is basically texture which apple bought what how many years ago a couple years ago yeah sounds about yep. right so it's they're basically rebranding texture uh and adding a few more titles now the wall street journal is interesting one because it's, it's the rumors are and i guess this isn't quite confirmed that you don't get a full wall street journal subscription you get access to a limited number of articles or something to that effect so it'll be interesting to see you know how that all plays out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Apple didn't talk about this at the announcement, mm-hmm. but like they just said the Wall Street Journal is included, which yeah. I was all like, oh, that's so awesome considering that that the Wall Street Journal is expensive. Yes. It's something, how much is it a month? It's like- Someone said $40 a month. Yeah. It's a lot. It's definitely like hundreds of dollars a year. So mm-hmm. um, it makes sense that they wouldn't, the Wall Street Journal wouldn't want to like give away their full service to people mm-hmm. uh, to be included with- 300 magazines and all that, all for under $10 a month. Yeah, no, it didn't make sense for them to include it. But, <laughs> but uh, it, it was interesting that they didn't add that caveat in the presentation. I know, because, yeah. like, so right now with the Apple News app, you can you can read, I think, a couple of Wall Street Journal articles before you hit the, the, the paywall. Okay. Um, and it'll make you sign up for that. And so really, like, it's sounding like it's going to be a similar experience to what you have right now in the Apple News app, where there's still going to be tons of free content on there, but there'll Mm -hmm. just be more places where you're going to be hitting uh, the prompt to sign up for this Apple News Plus service. Um, So to me, it's sounding... It's sounding like it's going to suck for people who don't want to pay for it because right now if you're using Apple News, you're going to be hitting a lot of more um, prompts to, to upgrade all the time. So I think that's like the first thing that I yeah. definitely like. I think that in general with this announcement for people who don't want any of these services, mm-hmm. like Apple's becoming a little bit like worse of like <laughs> to yeah, use, you know, totally. Um, but for people who are interested in them, like I think I don't think ninety nine nine ninety nine is a bad deal for what you get. No, I mean it's a little bit hard to say without having used it yet. But there is a free trial, right? So yeah. you can decide if it's actually worth it before committing. Yeah, those are the other things. It's available today, apparently. Although mm-hmm. Sarah keeps checking back. I just it. checked right now. It's still <laughs> not. I mean, they might be rolling it out, so okay. it might be available to some people. But it's not available to me yet, mm. which is all I care about. Yeah, and it's <laughs> so it's available today. You get a free month trial. So it's nice just everybody can, like, check it out for themselves without making any commitments yet. Yeah. I do like that there's no extra charge for family sharing. Yeah, mm-hmm. they did that across most of their services, which is nice. I would like them yeah. to do that across Apple Music as well. I feel like they will. I feel like that's coming because that seems to be their new strategy. What's the family deal with Apple Music again? I think I pay, like, fourteen ninety nine for a family subscription, which I think includes five or six okay. people. Which is pretty reasonable. Yeah, still, I'm not, you know... I've been very happy with it. I'm just like, how come all these other ones have the family mm-hmm. sharing? Yeah. So I think a couple questions. We, we've got a few questions for each of these. Uh, the first one is Apple came out with 
basically to summarize their value proposition, we're going to say, do we think that they hit the mark on that? So what was their value proposition for this one? That they are, they didn't say they were trying. They said they are creating the best mobile magazine reading experience ever. <laughs> so they spent a lot of time showing examples of what this new what the new reading experience will be like. And they had something called live covers. So it looks like there's a new tab in the news app that you go to and you can open up different magazines. Like they have more than 300 magazine mm -hmm. covers there. You can scroll through, pick one. And then it had like moving or like, it almost looked like a live photo because it would only be like three seconds or something like that. It'll, it'll just look like Harry Potter world. You yeah, know, with totally. Like the, the pictures that you can talk to and the collector's cards were like, you know, they they interact with you. To be fair, it looked really cool. Of course, it, yeah, the was, one they chose for their presentation is going to look yeah. really cool. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit hard to tell. How, like, David made the point how many publishers are going to spend the time to create, like, iPad and iPhone special versions of each issue. Like, as publishers, we, we know how much of a pain that would be. Mm -hmm. But um, for the ones that do, it did look really it looked really beautiful, which to me matters. Like I've loved magazines for a long time. And part of the reason I don't like Kindle's magazines is like it, the, the experience just isn't that great. And part of like I like, you know, magazines are really visual and they put a lot of time into to how like the experience it provides for someone reading it more so than a newspaper. So I like that they put, it looks like they're putting a lot of thought into that and creating tools for publishers, but it really is ultimately on the publishers to be doing that extra work mm -hmm. to uh, present their publications through Apple News Plus. And so it is, I am also a little bit skeptical, like you are, David, that most of those magazines are really going to do that all the time. Yeah, you know? and I think that they're hitting their mark in terms of it did look like a very well-designed platform to read magazines. It yeah. looked very sleek. The examples they gave, like, it was really nice. It felt immersive. I think unlike, say, their, the premium television service that we're going to get to later, where they have very clear competition with Netflix and Amazon and everybody else, this one... There's no one else out there really doing this on the scale. Like, there's no other Netflix for magazines. So it wasn't that hard of a mark to to hit in that sense because they didn't have a ton of competition. You know, and it's kind of interesting watching them spin this because they're re basically rebranding something that they bought a couple of years ago that already <laughs> had a lot of this stuff. Um, so I think, yeah. I, I would sign off on the best digital app experience, um, you know, but to me, I don't know. I think it really is going to be the value is how many magazines do they have? Are they the magazines people want to read? Are people willing to pay for that? Because mm. I think that I'm skeptical that it's going to be so different as far as an immersive experience that people are going to pay for that as opposed to, say, a different service that were to offer the same magazines. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean... If they have really good magazines, and we were just talking about how when kids do like the magazine fundraisers, I never want to actually subscribe to any of the magazines, even though I want to like, you know, help the fundraiser, because mm -hmm. there's a lot of magazines out there I'm not interested in, so it has to be something good. Mm -hmm. But I think what's going to make the difference for whether they're magazines or news outlets that we want to read is how great it is for the publishers. Because another claim Apple made was it's going to be great for readers and publishers. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like Apple is, one, taking a lot of revenue, and two, controlling all access to the subscribers. So you can't even like really track what your readers 
are engaged with so you can give them more of that. Yeah, and you can't control the monetization very well in the same way you can with your own audience. So yeah, that's definitely another issue. I'll give you my take as a publisher of a magazine. I think that it depends where your magazine is situated. I think that it makes a lot of sense to me that the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal did not participate in this and the LA Times did. Because I think that if you view this as primarily a monetization tool, I think you're going to be disappointed because Apple's, of course, taking a high percentage of it. And also, uh, you have a lot less control. You don't own your customers. But if you're viewing this as a customer acquisition tool, it's pretty intriguing. Um, And so it sort of depends because I think the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, places like that, uh, Washington Post, Everybody knows who they are, and so they're they're less trying to like get people to hear about them and discover them, and more trying to get people to pay them. Whereas some of the other services, if you haven't heard of them, I think it's pretty intriguing. So I think in that sense, it depends where what the publisher is trying to do, uh, and it makes sense who joined and who didn't in that regard. Yeah, there's also I guess a lot of um, publications who don't have print publications like digital subscriptions, mm-hmm. the Skim. And I can't remember the other ones, but so, you know, I guess if that's a way to acquire more readers for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think, you know, the next question we have here, and we're going to have it for each of these is, A, would you guys be interested? And B, we have the poll results, yeah, our just instant poll on, on was our audience interested. Uh, do you want to update us on that? Yeah, one thing I just wanted to mention, I remember a few of the titles, but I wanted to throw out some of the magazine mm-hmm. titles we saw in there. Um, Wired, Time Magazine, National Geographic, they showed a ton of, which makes sense because they wanted to show like visually beautiful things, which yeah. National Geographic does a great job of. Did you guys see any other titles there that looked intriguing to you? You know, I will say that uh, this was originally a program that was a partnership. I can't remember all the publishers, but I think it was Condé Nast, Hearst, uh, Time. And so there were, it was primarily a big brand partnership. There were, so a lot of the biggest magazines in the world will be in there. Uh, like you, the ones you mentioned were huge. I saw the Atlantic was in there. I would imagine Sports Illustrated would be if it's a Time mm. thing. Uh, but Essence what, was one of the yeah. I mean, part of the limitation is first of all, you're only talking about 300 titles total, and so it's I not think really that much. What yeah. you're not going to get is small independent publishers, and I'll, I'll tell you that because <laughs> we're not in it. Uh, and you know, oh, that's one awkward moment was when they were like 3,000 titles. Oh, I yeah. mean, 300. Yeah, you're like, that's yeah, such a yeah. bad faux pas. I know, especially because the guy was literally on stage for like two minutes, and that was like the one thing <laughs> he was supposed to say. And he yeah. messed it up. Um, so, you know, we talked to Texture a while back about joining, and they were pretty, like, exclusive about small to mid-sized publishers. And that's one of the things that's a little sad about this is that I think some of the most richness of publishing comes in, you know, either re- regional publications or niche titles, uh, and all of that stuff is just missing. So yeah. in that sense, I think there's a real void and a real missed opportunity for Apple. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even really think about that so much but mm-hmm. maybe like maybe over time they'll add more I don't know but yeah. in terms of the poll results I overwhelmingly people were not interested. yeah we I had was surprised close to 40 people voting no that they would not didn't want to spend ten dollars a month on this 10 maybes and five yes yeah and these were very these are very instant results because we yeah. just posted these polls so some of our numbers are not that large and we're not gonna knock me statistically significant but yeah. that's a pretty large margin there it is yeah, I mean, that was 
That was interesting. I was one of the yeses. Yeah, I, funnily enough, so was I. So we're really throwing our data yeah. there. It would have been way worse. I didn't vote because I hardly ever go on Facebook, but I would I would definitely at least try it. I mean, it's like 30-day free trial. You just set it to expire after mm-hmm. 30 days. And then so if you forget, you're still good. And then we have a tip on that. Um, and then, you know, you can also just choose to renew it. Yeah, I know. That's actually I, – I always – set reminders for like days later I didn't realize you can just unsubscribe mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and, and then, then you'll get it for that trial period right exactly yeah. I will say I to me it kind of depends I want to look through the titles I said yes but I'm backpedaling a little bit I want to look through the titles I've been subscribing to New York Times for a while I just canceled because I just couldn't quite justify paying and then So I sort of have a little bit of money to spend on news, but I'm not sure that they're quite hitting that sweet spot for me. I'm not sure that the magazines, they have enough of them, that I'm going to read them enough, and it's going to be that same service that I was getting from the New York Times. So we'll see. To me, it was um, the fact that they included newspapers is what made me say yes when I first was just like, it's only magazines. I didn't find that to be worth it. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I don't usually go to the LA Times or Wall Street Journal as news sources. I would like if it had been the New York Times, I'd be more excited about that. Um, But I also I'm really glad they include both of those. And so assuming they do give enough articles away from the journal and from uh, the LA Times, I think I will go with that Mm because I've been, uh, you know, I have a few different magazine subscriptions it doesn't. It wouldn't end up being as expensive as this is, but like this is probably a better value than what I'm getting now. And I would like, I like to support journalism, and so I like the idea of doing that. Um, to me, what's I think it's interesting. So many people said no, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's that like a lot of people still don't want to pay. Like you can read so much online for free. I think there's going to be more resistance to the idea of having to pay for this. Yeah, I mean, I have big I have big feelings about that as somebody who clearly is trying to convince people to pay for content. I think yeah, it's yeah. an important value that you're providing by doing that. But I think you have to, the publishers, and in this case, Apple has to provide enough in return. And the question is, are there enough magazines there that people are interested in? Is this the right way of handling it? You know, I, I think they probably got there because they got such big titles, but I, I don't know. I, 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 want, I want to take a look at it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm a yes for the free trial. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, so let's move on to the next service. We, uh, okay, we have two different sections to talk about with Apple TV because mm-hmm. Apple first spent a long time just hyping their Apple TV app. They had they came out with a TV app with iOS 12 that uh, sort of was the beginnings of what they're going to be doing now, which is allow you to access all of your content, whether that's from Netflix or Hulu or another streaming service, uh, iTunes titles that you purchased or rented, cable content, like all of that through one app. Um, And so they were saying like they're making that to be into a big deal, saying that you can access everything from one app without having to bounce from app to app like you usually have to. how, what did you guys, like, David, you seemed excited about this during the announcement. I am. I mean, I've always been excited about this vision of being able to pull in all of your subscription services into one interface and integrate that with live TV. That always seems super appealing to me. 
That being said, I'm a little bit skeptical that they can pull it off because that's sort of what they've been promising all along. Now, they've added a few things here that I think make it a little bit closer to that reality. I think they're going to integrate with some live TV options, which is nice with Dish and Hulu, it looked like. They're also going to uh, allow you to subscribe to third-party services, which is nice. But I think the problem with the solution like this is it's a, a little bit all or nothing. And unless you can play nice with everybody in that industry, which Apple has not been able to do that well, it's hard. So for example, we were just debating whether or not it integrated with Netflix. We, it seems to be that it doesn't. So if you're watching shows on Netflix and it doesn't get pulled into your one definitive interface, how definitive is it really? I know, yeah, like it yeah. kind of has to include Netflix. Yeah, so I'm... And we don't know, it's not coming out to the fall, like both the Apple TV... Well, actually the app itself is it's getting the software update in May. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So the app you get, their premium service wasn't until mm-hmm. the fall. So right. But I guess we get to find out sooner about the app. Um, another thing they really hyped, which I was skeptical about, was that they were going to give you, like, really great recommendations for content. Yeah. Like, already Netflix and Hulu, I think, will have show recommendations for you based on what you've been watching. And it, Apple was trying to make it, like, put a special spin on how they were going to do this, use machine learning to, to tailor show recommendations to you, and then also have their editors, you know, watch tons of content and tell you what the best content is to watch. Already with Apple Music, they made a big, huge deal about their their music curation, which I ended up not, like, when I used to use Apple Music, I didn't really like a lot of the music it's that was curated It's still not for great. Mm-hmm. And so, I like, I just was skeptical as soon as I heard that. I was, like, I was too. I mean, what I would say, yeah, I agree. I'm completely skeptical of that. First of all, because these big services do a lot of that. Netflix, I know, invests millions and millions in R&D to, like, recommend the right show to you at the right time. And so it's like, okay, Apple, we're glad you're doing that, too. Yeah. I think the thing that appeals to me, it's the same thing. It's a unified interface. Because, like, I don't know about you guys, but, like, I have shows I'm watching on Netflix right now, on HBO, on Amazon Prime. And then I have a few shows that I'm watching because I have a paid subscription. I have a cable subscription that I'm watching either on like a TNT app or like NBC app or random apps and it's annoying to switch back and forth and having all of those in one interface would be awesome (laughs) and I guess you could get better recommendations by having a bigger picture of what I'm watching but I also I'm just skeptical I'm skeptical that they can pull it off so yeah I think the thing the way that I usually get around that right now is from the main Apple TV home screen if you just use Siri search mm-hmm. with the Apple TV remote it'll pretty much just like pop you right into yeah, the show. Yeah totally. And so um, that's what I it do. It makes it pretty easy even though you like do have to still go through different apps mm-hmm. but um, I noticed like watching my husband navigate it for some reason he like fights Siri search and just never uses it oh, and really? it's like spending, he does spend a long time like going <laughs> between the apps so I feel like a lot of people just resist Siri and they shouldn't. Yeah but. it sounds like a your husband problem not a Siri problem. <laughs> Yeah, um, but I think it's a common problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not just her husband. Uh, I was pretty happy though to see that they're bringing the app to Mac, and it's going to be available on some smart TVs mm-hmm. and like Roku and Fire Stick. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that I was excited about is that Apple's focusing on this because this feels like a problem that if anybody's going to solve, it's going to be Apple. Despite my <laughs> a little bit of skepticism on it, whereas and we're going to get to this later, original TV. 
That is not a problem that you point to Apple and you're like, Apple is perfectly situated to solve. But a hardware software solution that involves large companies to work together, that's Apple's strong suit. That's their wheelhouse. And I'm glad they aren't giving up on those types of projects in lieu of some of these other projects, which we'll talk about. But spoiler, I'm skeptical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I feel like this should be an improved experience for the, you know, the free version for people. But let's get into... Apple TV Plus now. Mm -hmm. um, so this is coming this fall. They didn't give a date. They didn't give a price. Um, I was a little disappointed. I want to know yeah. what are we talking here. So Apple TV Plus from, it was a little bit vague the way they described it, but they teased a bunch of original content. They're spending $2 billion uh, this year producing original content. They, um, uh, was there anything else to add about that? I guess, I mean, that's pretty much all we know about it. Like, I mean, they teased a lot of shows. They had a lot of celebrities come on stage. Yeah. Oprah was there. Jennifer Aniston was there. Reese, Reese Witherspoon. So they clearly are going, you know, they're doing this big. They're not, this is not a half-baked effort by Apple. No, it's not. And the, But the it's interesting because I feel like the way they were talking about it, they're trying to make it sound like something really special and different. But then... We're all like, wait, but like pretty much it's just a Netflix com competitor. Like, yeah. I mean, except for less, it's like only original content from Apple. So there'll be enough. To, like, I think the way they're going to get people is if they have title, that they, they have shows that sound really cool and people don't want to miss out. So mm -hmm. they decide to pay for yet another streaming service, but it's not replacing any streaming services. It's like they're saying it's ad free and it's like, yeah, well. If you're paying for shows, like, duh. Unless yeah. it's, like, like the only thing that has ads left is it pretty much just live. Hulu, depending on your subscription. Oh, yeah. Hulu right. does have ads. But, yeah. I mean, it was a little bit like, why is this so different? This is pretty much just, like, an, uh, they're, at, like, joining the ring with yeah. uh, Hulu and Netflix. And, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's interesting because, like I, David was saying, and I was saying before this podcast, with each section, they sort of, like, came up with their value proposition. Here's what we're doing with this cool thing. And and what they said was the purpose of this seemed a little like uninspiring, even though they tried to make it very inspiring. It was like, we're going to tell great stories that connect us. You know, like, I mean, that's a really nice idealistic idea, but why does that make me want to subscribe to a streaming service? Yeah, they had this whole promotional video with like, directors and producers and actors talking about like the purpose of storytelling Stories. and mm -hmm. it's like you know it, I, I think those things are all true but you're wondering like what like already that's what tv and movies are doing and like they don't really need to sell anyone on that like the entertainment business is booming yeah. <laughs> you know totally and I, th I think the thing i just kept finding myself wondering both leading up to the announcement with all the coverage of it and during is like, A, does the world need another Netflix? And B, why is why Apple? Why is Apple gonna be the next Netflix? And C, like, is Apple positioned to be the right company for that? Because it just seems like such an, everything about it just seems so unusual. They have no clear value proposition as far as I'm concerned. There's no, they gave no reason why this is better than Netflix or than Amazon Prime. You know, the only value proposition they're giving is they have original content, which everybody has. So it's sort of like 
are their shows good enough to steal you away from the other services? Mm-hmm. And the answer is we don't really know, but they don't have a ton of shows, so they're going to be pretty amazing to steal you away because Amazon has so many shows, or, and Netflix as well. So it's really right. confusing on all fronts <laughs> for me. I know. I mean, like, unfortunately... With these services, it just looks like I'm going to be spending more money yeah, on stuff. Yeah. Like It's not like I can buy this instead of anything else. It's pretty much like I probably would keep my Netflix mm-hmm. and then also be buying Apple TV+, Plus, which I might do if there are original shows that are uh, like interesting enough. But it's not something I'm going to be super excited. I'm not like, oh, yay, I get to spend more money on another streaming service, you know? Well, and somebody made the comparison to to the HomePod when Apple came out with, somebody on our Facebook group did, uh, when Apple came out with the HomePod, they were so far behind Amazon, it's because Amazon had Echo for a long time. And I made the point on the Facebook group that, yes, that was true, but Apple had an inherent advantage in that it could tightly integrate the HomePod with its ecosystem in a way that the Echo could not be integrated with Apple's ecosystem. And so even though it wasn't as feature rich, it still had a lot of clear value propositions that the Echo did not have for an iPhone owner. Whereas that is not true for this. There is no inherent integration benefit that Apple is getting from this. They're just directly competing with Netflix and in my opinion, failing to provide a clear differentiation. We have like uh, people adding new entries into the okay, into the poll because I asked people if they were planning to get Apple TV Plus. Uh, we had someone enter in. I have too many shows that I w- watch now, can't get to them all, and like <laughs> a few people voted on that. And then someone else put depends on price, and yeah. a few more people voted on that. So I think a lot of people. Only one person said yes, and I think it's just hard for anyone to say yes yet without knowing how much it's going to cost or really how much original content are you going to be missing by not getting it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so we had a listener question uh, that I just wanted to, someone just wrote in asking about Apple News Plus and asking how would this be better than Flipboard, which mm-hmm. you get for free. So for people who don't know what that is, Flipboard is already a news aggregator app where you can basically read uh, newspaper and magazine articles and blog articles and follow topics you want and aggregate it all together into one app. And it's pretty awesome. We're on there. Yeah, we are on there. Um, I'll attempt to answer this. My understanding, having used Flipboard, but it's been a little while, so maybe they've added stuff I don't know about, uh, is that they are basically aggregating free online content. Uh, Whereas, so that's comparable to Apple's free Apple News. And in fact, a lot of people, when Apple came out with Apple News, accused them of stealing Flipboard. Ripping off Flipboard, yeah. Whereas this, with the paid service, it will be aggregating content that you typically would have paid for via subscription. So it's mostly magazine subs- magazine content that either would be a digital magazine you'd be paying for, a print magazine you're paying for, and instead they're aggregating it all within one app. Would you yeah. guys agree with that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the LA Times and the Journal, which is also included. Like you really can't get that free for anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I I just have to say, I mean, kind of like most things. When you pay for content or, you know, that means people are being paid to produce it and there's a lot more just production value, like a lot more time and just hard, like good work goes into it because, you know. And accountability. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's an important difference. You know, if you're happy with the free 
uh, content you're getting. And, you know, we do free content, but it's paid for by advertising. Yeah. You know, so it's really not free. You're you're paying with your time and attention to ads. Um, so to me, that would be the value in it as compared to Flipboard mm-hmm. is that I might have access to higher quality content. Absolutely. The question is if it's the high quality content that interests me. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Great answer. Yeah, very good. Okay, so that uh, that was Richard Beale answering his question. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for writing in. Uh, so we want to move on and talk about there are two other services, and these were ones that were not as much hyped up in the rumors. There's Apple Arcades. This is a, mm-hmm. a gaming platform that Apple came up with, and um, Apple Card, which is a credit card, which is crazy. I was not expecting yeah. that. I mean... I mean, our feature writer, Tamlin Day, did predict those things. And I remember, you know, I was like editing it and I was like, that's interesting, Tamlin. Like, that's a kind of random rumor that you're including in this article about the announcement. And he was correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was mad. Very know it all about it. Yeah. Well, and some of us were surprised, which made him really mad because clearly we hadn't. <laughs> Read his article? <laughs> yeah. I read it. Well, you edited it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so let's talk about Apple Arcade first. This is the gaming service uh-huh. that Apple is coming out with. Um, when was it available? I don't have it in my notes here. Um, um, I have it in my notes. I okay. believe it's coming in the fall. Okay. And okay. it will be available in 150 countries, and they did not tell us the price. They did not tell us the price. Okay, so, but it's going to be 100 games. Uh, they're only going to be available through Apple Arcade. And their Apple's actually backing these game developers to create special games for for this service. Um, I am not a gamer, and so I feel like I want to hand this over to Sarah because her daughter she thought would be interested in this. Um, you talked a little bit about like being excited about Apple Arcade, so I thought it, maybe that's something you'd want to. I mean, talk about a little bit. I kind of wish we'd invited Tamlin on because <laughs> during, I feel like this was the part of the announcement he was most excited about. And Tamlin is very much a gamer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's because, you know, Apple was in their announcement said there are a lot of really great, you know, high quality games that you have to pay for. And it's hard for them to succeed because they're competing with all of these free games. And yeah. we want to help support these developers who are making these high quality games really succeed Mm -hmm. and so they're having the subscription service um and there won't be any in-app purchases and you'll have access to all the updates um and there's no ads and it's free family sharing so you don't pay like more to include your family and you can um, manage your kids access through Mm -hmm. the screen time app well it's not really an app it's a setting um so I think for families who kids play games, it's a big deal because you yeah. can have control over the games and um, and all of them are available offline, which is really important for traveling when David was mentioning. But I think as far as like adults who are really into gaming, I mean, that's exciting too. I definitely will pay for, they mentioned Monument Valley. I don't know if that particular game will be included in this, but I will definitely pay for a good quality game. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I'm not even, I wouldn't really consider myself a gamer. Mm -hmm. So I think that any adults or older kids who really care about gaming will like this, which is why I'm guessing I will end up with the subscription because (laughs) my daughter uh, spends like a huge portion of her allowance and money she earns from working on like Fortnite and stuff. And Uh if they can have a game that's as compelling and interesting, um, I think that would be worth it. 
Yeah, I mean, I will say my partner's son used to have, I mean, he still has a, a Kindle Fire, like the kids version, which comes with a similar service. And it's basically they have all these kids games and they, and they actually have movies too that you can download and TV shows that you can download. And it's free if you buy this. Uh, at least it's free for two years. And it was a great service. You know, it's like he could sit there and he can view all the games. He could download whatever he wanted and it was free. And these were pretty high quality games. And then he's recently, we've kind of typically uses an iPad now when he travels. And so we kind of default towards buying him free games. And it's really frustrating because the quality of the game often isn't very good. It crashes a lot. It doesn't work very well offline. Uh, and then, of course, if it's free up front, it means they're trying to, like we keep talking about in all these services, trying to monetize it somehow, which means they're constantly trying to get him to buy things in the game. And yeah. the whole game revolves around monetizing this person who gets invested in the game. So I, I like the concept. Uh, of course, again, as with all of this stuff, depends on what games they have and if they're good uh, and how much it costs. And Apple didn't give us a lot of that. But it's no. certainly an intriguing concept that seems like it has a place in this world. <laughs> Uh, whether they can pull it all off, we have to see. I mean, it's interesting. I feel like there's this running theme that keeps coming up so far in our coverage, which is that there's really no such thing as free content, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're yeah. either paying up front or you're paying as you go with like being sold things constantly. Mm -hmm. And so it, it kind of, it's a decision everyone has to make in terms of when you're, you know, choosing what kind of media you're going to, you know, use and watch or play or whatever, what kind of experience you want with that and what quality of content you want with that. Yeah. Well, and I think it, Apple is in an interesting position to do that in that they are not monetized by ads at all. And so they can take the kind of moral high ground on all privacy issues in a way that Google, their main competitor in a, lot, in a number of ways, cannot. And they kind of talked about this. And everything that they're doing involves like in-phone in processing so that they have – there's a certain level of privacy you're getting from all of this stuff that you just don't get from Google. And I think same thing goes with these paid services. What you're getting is a certain amount of privacy because if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. Uh, and so it's uh, – I, I, I appreciate that. I'm a little skeptical of Apple's kind of pivot into services, but there is something – there is a value proposition there that's intriguing to me. One thing that was interesting, too, is that all of these games would be available offline. Yeah. They brought up, and so, um, and this was true, this was true also for the TV. They said, they said like, that you could download all of their, same as Netflix, like, you can download all the content if you're, like, going on a trip on the plane and want to be able to watch your stuff. Like, you have to think of it ahead of time, but... And another thing on. is it's cross-device, so you can start playing on your iPhone and then get home and play it on your Apple TV mm -hmm. and just pick up right where you left off. Mm -hmm. I thought that was cool. Yeah. yeah. I could see as a parent feeling like, David, what you were talking about, feeling better about not having a child being upsold all the time because there's something a little uncomfortable about yeah. that. Um, also, they did, like, the games that they did show previews of, um, they had a game that was... They were saying, like, there's no shooting. It's, like, all more about, like, real-life situations. And, like, you know, I think they said they even, like, featured, like, uncomfortable 
situations for the there was kids a kid that are, arguing mm, with their like, mom. Yeah. Or, yeah, like stuff like that. So I thought it was kind of interesting. Like they're trying to maybe do something different or maybe offer experiences that are more like translate more to like a real benefit in real life instead of just like shoot shooting well, games. And I also think it's nice if you don't have to design your game to get people to need to buy things mm-hmm. in order to keep playing. So it's like then you can design it for other purposes, like just for for like a great experience you know mm-hmm. yeah so i think that's kind of freeing i was a little put off by the they did a video like interviewing like these different developers and that was interesting they were talking about mm-hmm. what a great experience and opportunity this was but they were all just like it's a miracle it's a miracle and i was just like you're taking a little far <laughs> as, yeah. a, as a side note i was kind of put off by the videos in general they had like yeah. for each section they'd have a video and the video was not like let us tell us let me tell you all the cool details about the service we're offering because of course they don't have any details right now so instead they're like let me tell you what a movie is but it'll be black and white and we'll have some like really like famous movie stars explain to you what a movie is and let's let's talk about what journalism is and it it's felt like, like patronizing and per- and, and also pretentious, pretentious. yeah yeah well, very I mean, pretentious i feel like nobody ever talks about that other product that apple specializes in and that is pretentious product videos mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, like it's the, a specialty. They are like the best yeah, in the world at it. Yeah, I know. totally. So pretentious. So pretentious. Okay. Okay, I feel like we should talk about Apple Card as the other service. And mm-hmm. then one thing we didn't really get to at the beginning was just talking about Apple having a services announcement and how that's different. Yes. Um, and then when then we'll get into our insider section of the podcast. For those of you who are insider subscribers, we'll tell you about the new AirPods. Uh, so just had to tease it. <laughs> uh, and again, if you want to become an insider, iphonelife.com slash podcast discount is where you can go to get $5 off an annual subscription. I feel like we've done a really good job of this whole podcast of guilting people into paying for content. So yeah. Perfect time. <laughs> that has plug. not been my intention. <laughs> yeah. I believe it. Like I said, I go pay for content everywhere. So. so Apple Card was really like kind of the surprise service that a yeah. lot of people in our office were excited about. Um, the poll results, we haven't gotten that many people from our Facebook group responding yet about how they want to do, whether they would want this or not. But this is a credit card. Uh, it's backed by Goldman Sachs. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not explain how, what the approval process is like for this credit card. So we don't know that, like, you know, how hard will it be to get this card? There was an, there was an implication that it would be an easy approval process. Like, yeah, You did it right from your phone and you would get approved within minutes. Yeah. If you got approved. And that they would have, they called it... Um, um, daily cash, a feature. So if you buy something from Apple, you get 3% back towards this daily cash feature, mm-hmm. 2% on regular purchases, I mm-hmm. think it Correct. was, and then 1%... If you use the physical card. Oh, if you use the physical oh, card. So you actually get if you use the physical card. Okay. physical card as well. Um, so this was something that, uh, I mean, that I wanted to hand over to you, David. I feel like you've done a good amount of, like, credit card research. So, like, I haven't used cards that give you cash, mm-hmm. like a percentage back. Is this something that's, is that, like, groundbreaking? Is that something that's, like, you can get pretty easily from other cards? I would say that it's competitive. So there's sort of two main ways that you can get points or money back. So first of all, there's two main things you can get, either like credit card points or money back. And they, of course, have opted for money back. Uh, And then within that, there's sort of two different ways you can earn points or money back. One is what's called a sign-up bonus, and the other is getting money back each expense you make. And so typically... uh, 
it ranges from one to two percent in terms of cash back in terms of what's offered i think that the Freedom offers 1.5%. So here, if you kind of blend the online and in-store credit card, that's probably about the same. Mm. So it's it's competitive. It's it's not much more. It's not much less. They kind of hyped it up as this revolutionary thing, and really they're doing what everybody else is doing. Um, personally, I prefer points because you tend to get, depending on if you travel a lot, you can get much better quote-unquote exchange rates if you do points. The other thing is if you really get into kind of the whole credit card gaming system, like getting the maximum value, really the best value comes from the cards that offer a sign-up bonus Um, because you can get 40,000, 50,000 points, which is worth roughly, you know, somewhere five, seven hundred dollars for that. And so they're not offering any of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Those cards typically have an annual fee but the annual fees waived for the first year. And so you have to then go cancel the card or, or keep paying for the card. So there's a whole lot of complications involved in terms of how credit cards work. This is pretty competitive for a card that typically would be like an entry level card for somebody who isn't trying to like maximize their amount of points, but just wants a card to use every day. Um, that, that would be in line with making the approval process easy. It's also in line with you know, focusing not on sign-up bonuses and removing annual fees and instead focusing on what you get back for each of your purchases. Um, so it wasn't bad. I kind of expected them to, like, pretend it was good and it wasn't. It wasn't bad, but there, it wasn't, like, nobody who was super into credit cards would go sign up for this thinking it was the best deal in the world. Okay. That's good to know. So that that's daily cash, one of the features of this mm-hmm. credit card. The other thing that they talked about a lot is – um like reports and spend tracking, which most credit cards also have, but in the in the wallet app, you would be able to see color-coded like the different areas that you're spending things on. It also integrated with Apple Maps so that it could tell you exactly like what establishments you spent at. Like, and so for instance, I use Mint to categorize my spending and a lot of times Mint gets it wrong, like what where it was that you spent something and it can be hard to like, backtrack and do detective mm-hmm. work and figure out wait where where is this charge coming from it looks like this would make it easier um mm-hmm. but i'm not totally sure like again that looked overall i was like this looks like something that is pretty user friendly and awesome but i'm not now that i'm hearing that it's not about daily cash isn't that different than other cards like overall i'm not seeing that this is really that different than other credit well, cards well and i think what i say, i would say is cuz you kind of took the leap there into mint and they sort of are trying to be a mint competitor i would say that then also as a credit card because if you actually go and you use chase's online portal or you use american express's online portal they're pretty bad they try to yeah. do this as well but they're That's really true. really bad at it and this is an area that apple excels at which is software and user experience and a simplistic user design uh and so i think apple has a lot of opportunity there to you know take the chase experience of owning a credit card by the company and then mix it with the mint experience of having it be intelligently managed having your finances be intelligently managed Mm -hmm. now with mint of course you don't get a credit card with it but what you can do is you can pull all of your various expenses into it from your bank account your credit cards this of course wouldn't do that it's just a credit card but i think having a really nice user interface does appeal to me i mean that was to me the the biggest appeal was having a really nice user interface for a credit card because it's a hassle and like for the point of like miss 
categorizing, Mint actually adds a layer of trying to figure it out for you. If you just go read a credit card statement, there's so many different like line items where you really have no idea what it is, and it's annoying. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Mint really gets it wrong. I mean, yeah. especially because I don't know about you guys, but I go to the pharmacy at the same place I grocery shop. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so then it will be like, you just spent like $500 this month, you know, at the pharmacy. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, no, like, I didn't. Actually not. <laughs> but I'm skeptical that Apple's going to get it. Yeah, better. I feel like they're not. Um, I'm also skeptical. I feel like their claim of this card will help you get a healthier financial life. And that's what they're talking about with that tracking mm-hmm. is really overstated because it's not mint you know it has maybe some of those tracking features but it's not pulling in your whole budget and all your different cards and accounts i agree it's overstated but also i appreciated it because i think that apple is in a unique position in this sense where they're not really like they're not trying to make all their money by tricking people into late fees like credit cards are and so like while that's baked into the credit card game why it's which is why it's a little bit interesting that they are getting into credit cards and while they're partnering with goldman sachs uh it's also like they do have an opportunity to kind of take some moral high ground here that credit cards typically can't take and i hope they taking the moral high ground (laughs) yeah but but, like they have in my opinion successfully done that with privacy like they have done that in their actions in addition to just their pretentiousness speaking of which (laughs) they did talk about with the apple card that all of the analysis of your spending happens on device and Mm -hmm. so that like apple and goldman sachs are not getting these reports about your spending that was a little bit misleading because they did say that but then really what it is apple won't have the reports goldman sachs has to know the spending so that they can process it uh but what they said was that goldman sachs would not be selling that data to third parties okay now again goldman sachs is a very large company and so you know whether or not you want to trust goldman sachs is up to you but that's what they said we had some um on our poll, there were a couple people who didn't want to get the Apple Card specifically because they don't trust Goldman Sachs. Yeah, they. I, I, I was. I mean, a little snarky on I the Facebook like, group about that. It's one thing to say I'm going to try out for like try out for like a free trial for your news thing, but like. Yeah, like credit cards, you actually have to need it within your financial life. Like, do you need another credit card? And also then you have to read the fine print and make mm-hmm. sure it's actually like its terms are actually useful to you. Mm-hmm. So I'd be curious to hear, are you guys planning on applying for this for an Apple card? Probably not. I think I probably won't either. Yeah, I mean, I love Apple Pay. And so there's a certain like... I think the most positive spin on the Apple credit card is the credit card industry certainly is an industry that is begging for disruption. Like, it's a bunch of very large companies who make their money taking advantage of the people who use their services and having really not user-friendly services. So I think in that sense, I am excited that Apple is entering that industry and hoping for the best. As (laughs) indicated earlier, I also kind of geek out on this in gaming the system, and so, like... It's just not a card that if you are trying to maximize the number of credit card points you get that you you would do. And so, no, I'm not going to. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll, I'll wait. I, so a few people in our office are going to try it. I feel like if I hear really great reviews on it, I might try it. But it's, mm-hmm. it's not quite the same as, you know, with Apple News, you can do a free month trial. Yeah. This feels a little bit more like... If, you know, and a commitment, even if it's not a huge well, commitment. And it was interesting, actually, because our COO, uh, Noah Simpson, was watching the announcement. And he was like, I feel like this is just Apple being too integrated into my life. Yeah. yeah. You know? Which yeah. I feel like this is a great time to segue into talking about. So, like, we have all these services from Apple, including a credit card. Mm-hmm. It does start feeling like you buy this iPhone and then 
suddenly every app you open, you're being asked to pay Apple to yeah. more to like be yeah. like running your life. Like, totally. how do you feel about that? You know? Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know that I I like Apple's take on privacy. I don't know that I want them involved in my finances when they already like are tracking my health <laughs> <laughs> and you know like now and like the music I listen to and I don't know like all those like you know I keep track of my calendar and my email. It's like yeah, Apple is like in charge of my whole life and that is a little disturbing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now with entertainment, they just really know the inner workings of like. <laughs> everything of like what you're interested in what you get what your guilty pleasures are like <laughs> totally it's feeling totally. weird i think i mean apple has the highest brand power in the world uh, according to surveys and so i think you know i think if there was a company that i would be okay with them doing that it's apple like definitely apple over google because google is literally m- actively mining that data to, tr- to sell that data to advertisers. Yeah, yeah it's almost so, like Apple is the personification of like paid content mm-hmm. whereas Google is the personification of like free quote unquote content that's paid for by <laughs> you being the product. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so there's a part of me that totally. trusts Apple in a way that I don't trust these other companies. But in a weird way, I trust Apple because they've never done this to me before. They've never, I mean, I guess they have with iCloud and stuff, but they don't try to <laughs> upsell me over and over and over again. It's like there's something that irks me as a customer about spending so much money on these products and then then trying to be upsold every step of the way. It's like I'm spending $1,000 on my phone, and now, like, Apple's like, that's just the beginning. I think the other... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Totally. I think the other thing that irks me, and this is maybe more of, like, a commentator than a customer, (laughs) is Apple's brand is built on delivering innovative consumer electronics. And... If they, the fact that that's moving from the, that being their priority to being like, yeah, we'll sell you that really innovative consumer electronics, but mostly because we just want you to be using our device so we can sell you other things, that bothers me from a like why I fell in love with Apple as a company in the first place. Like they reinvented industries with a great, like really disruptive technology, and they're not doing that here. And it doesn't mean they won't ever do it again, but the fact that this is their focus now instead, I find to be disappointing. Yeah, I mean, it seems very um, telling that, like, last week they they uh, released three devices yeah. without any type of announcement, just, like, released press releases letting people know that, and then this week reserved their big, you know, announcement that all the media was going to be covering to just talk about services. Like that yeah. does, it does feel like, okay, this is the direction Apple is going. It, it felt very much like this is the new Apple, get used to it. Yeah. But also, are you, I mean, I'm kind of wondering, I mean, this seems like so many different areas of focus as well. It's yeah. like they're not just focusing on devices and the software for those devices. Now it's like they're like a TV and movie production company mm-hmm. and they're like a bank. And like, yeah. it's like, those are a lot of, different things for one company to be focusing on. It's true. I mean, I wrote, oh God, years ago, I wrote an article about this sort of point where if you look at the Fortune 50 companies of the world, Apple is really the only one that sells consumer electronics, like at all. And so most comp- most of the largest companies in the world, A, have a much more diversified revenue stream than Apple, and B, are focusing on a lot of these types of services. So from like a business analyst perspective, from the stock owners, I get it. 
but from a like kind of purist of like what Apple is truly about perspective, mm. that's where it bothers me. But that's an interesting point bringing up the Fortune 50 companies because if you look at who was in the Fortune 50 companies like 10 years ago, 30 years ago, it's really changed dramatically and the companies that are maybe still in it, if any of them are, aren't necessarily in the same, they're not actually the same business that they were. Like they've had to sort of like adapt mm -hmm. and, you know, Apple is clearly adapting and who knows how that's going to go. Yeah. But you look at Google's of the world and like Google has self-driving cars. They have like, they have so many things that fall into the Google umbrella that they literally had to change the name to Alphabet. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, it makes sense. It's what large companies do. It's just not what Apple does. And that's part of why we love them, so. Yeah, I think I'm on the same page, but let's do our question of the week. Yes. Um, which of these services are you most excited about and are you planning on subscribing to any of them? Email us at podcasts at iphonelife.com to let us know your answer and let us know why. Um, I also just, before we wrap up this episode, want to encourage all of you to subscribe to the iPhone Life podcast and leave us a review if you haven't already. That helps other people find our show and uh, and especially leaving us reviews, we uh, would really appreciate it. So iPhone Life Podcast, go check us out. We have a video version. It's iPhone Life Video Podcast if you want to watch us through the app. Otherwise, it's just iPhone Life Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next episode. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.